Hey there, this is Carrie Schaefer, also known as author Carrie Ann King, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Secrets, where I get to take you off the page with the people who make the books we all love to read. Tell Me Your Secrets is produced from live stream video and is owned and copyrighted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Broadcasting Network. everybody. Carrie Schaefer here, also sometimes known as Carrie Ann King. And I'm really super excited today. If you know me, you know I get excited about a lot of things. But this is the very first episode of my very first podcast of Tell Me Your Secrets. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about Tell Me Your Secrets because it's new and fun. And what we're going to be doing is talking to authors and other publishing professionals like agents and book designers and editors and all kinds of different people involved in the publishing business. And we're going to take them off the page and ask them to share a little bit of their real selves, who they are when they're not that professional image that you're seeing all the time on social media. Not that they're going to be unprofessional when they show up on Tell Me Your Secrets, but we are going to have a lot of fun. So today, to help me get started on this, I have an awesome guest. Her name is Pamela Fagan Hutchins. She is a best-selling author, USA Today bestseller. She is a cowgirl, an animal lover. I don't know. I'll have to ask her if cowgirl is the right term. She is a horse lover, an animal lover, and an author. And we have all kinds of fun things to talk about today. So that said, I am going to bring Pamela on screen with me. And there we go. Hi, Pamela. Hi, Carrie. How are you? I'm doing awesome today. Although I have to say I was almost late for my own first edition of my podcast because we just had a huge big storm and we're expecting another one. So I was doing snow management and I left home late. And then you know how it is. I think you live, you've been in Wyoming anyways. You know the snow, right? <laughs> We've got a place called Snowersville. We know the snow. I've been watching your social media pictures about it. And you've really been sucked in. Uh, yeah, sucked in and without power. So we actually, we spent uh, over 24 hours with no electricity. Now where we live, we're not in Seattle. We're um, north of Spokane, up towards Canadian border. So we're in the mountains and we're rural. So when our power goes out, there's no water. There was no cell phone. <laughs> we were we were doing heat with the wood stove. It was really fun and an adventure kind of, except for nobody slept much and all that. But we're okay. I- I love that. Actually, our place in Snowersville is deliberately off the grid because we <gasps> get off of power and water so easily that we do all solar and all well and all oh stuff. My gosh. To hell with y'all down the mountain. <laughs> we love it here. So. Yeah, yeah, we love it too. We need more solar. Um, coming down, driving down to my office where I have internet that works. Um, it, it just, uh, this, it was packed snow, and then the uh, sun came out a little bit, so it was just like sheer ice. I was going like 15 miles an hour, like a scared little, little person. <laughs> so, to get started on this interview, though, because we just don't have all the time in the world, although I could talk to you forever, um, 
I have my very first question. Okay, now this is a Viking question. Okay. I talk about the Viking a lot. So what the Viking always tells me, if I'm getting all fangirly about somebody or I'm scared to talk to somebody in the publishing industry, he always looks at me and goes, they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like anybody else. So <laughs> my very first question for you, when you put your pants on in the morning, which leg goes first, right or left? Right leg. Right leg. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. What well, about you? I need to know. I am a, I'm a left legger, I think. Are you a left-hander? No. No, I was, I was thinking about that. I think it's because I have to like stand on my right leg. <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird you're, thing. Your ambidextra leg or. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I don't know what that means. If you're watching this and you can come up with a word for that, being ambilextrous or whatever. <laughs> We would love to hear it. So, Pam, Allah. <laughs> That's right. I was asking, is it Pam or is it Pamela? It's really Pamela. Really Pamela. So, I um, I need to know, you've written a book that has a lot of horses in it, and it happens in Wyoming. Is that right? In the That's correct. Right. So, first question. Um, I was absolutely in love with uh, my friend Flicka and the Thunderhead books when I was younger and older and not very long ago and still really so are those do you love them too are they fairly realistic or oh, i love i love them i love black beauty i oh, yeah. love you know anything with a horse in it i drew horses i read horses i would go home from school and just immediately go out to my horse it's not much different now <laughs> for me either um I try to portray it realistically in my books, but in a way that anybody can read. So if you're like expert cowboy or cowgirl and you're reading my books, know that I'm not explaining it um, to you. I'm explaining it to the rest of the world at a level everybody gets. And that being said, um, I'm a real crappy cowgirl. I mean, I, I do next week. We've got to round up cows and put them on a trailer and go to sale, but it'll be ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so explain that a little bit. Why, why will it be ugly? It'll, it'll be ugly because I ride a draft horse, a, um, a Percheron. Oh, my God, really? A Percheron? Yeah, she's a gorgeous. We call her my plus-sized princess or okay. the kitty cat. And um, kitty cat is 1,500 pounds, and she is pretty athletic and agile for a draft horse, but she's still a big girl. Uh, so these are not animals that are trained to cut. They push cows okay, but if one really wants to get past us, we just hope her body is big and long enough that it will uh, dissuade them. I'm just, I'm still a little bit of shock here. So I've seen Pertron horses and they're absolutely gorgeous, but they are huge. She's spread down a little bit. She's, you know, an, a, a full-blooded Percheron might get you upwards of 2,000 pounds. And so she's spread down with a paint horse and she's only 16 and a half hands. Okay. My, so, wait, wait, let's talk yeah. about that. So I was going to ask you about hands. And for those of you who don't know horses, you probably have no idea what 16 and a half hands means. So that's what a horse looks like. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank that's you. My that's my <laughs> So 16 and a half hands. I mean, do we, is that like, I mean, she's taller at the shoulder than I am. Um, right. it's four inches per hand. I don't do math, but I do know that I'm five, six. So she's taller than me at the shoulder. Um, how on earth do you get on this horse? How do you even get your foot in the stirrup to get up? Honestly, 
when I got her a few years ago, and I'd always ridden smaller horses, but my dream was someday to have a big black horse, okay, the black beauty and the black stallion and all that. Not a thoroughbred. I wanted a Western um, appropriate horse. And I went and looked at her, and I said, oh, I can't get on her. And they said, just give it a try. Because my rule was I have to be able to get on her from flat ground. And I'm 50, 52 years old now. I'm going to be 53 in a few weeks. But <laughs> See, yeah, there's a secret right there. How often can a woman actually tell you her age, right? But I can get on her. Uh, I can even get on her if I'm in a slight decline. But it's it's happier if I'm a little bit on a rise. If I'm wearing too tight of jeans, I need to be on a rise. I, I, I need to see a picture of this. I I rode horses when I was a kid, and there, there were enough times. And we did not. I mean, our horse, we had a quarter horse, and we had quarter horse Arab mixes. And um, I've done my share of standing on fence posts and stumps to you know get on my horse so i I, i'm still trying to see how you're doing this in my mind i I grab i grab one hand i grab onto her mane right up her withers and Uh put my foot in the stirrup and then i grab onto the back of you know the cantle in the back Uh i dip and jump and um actually i don't really jump even i just give it a good push well, there you go. See, I was trying to just picture you getting your foot in that stirrup. So, well, sometimes there's this. I have to tell you, in Pam's book, um, Side Sidewind, is that right? Switchback. 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 Mm-hmm. Switchback. Switchback. Yeah. Um, so it's not a funny book. It's a thriller and a lot of suspense. But I do have to tell you, I laughed because there's this Ooh. little part in there where the young boy, he's seven, rides a horse that holds his breath when you put the saddle on and you have trouble. Getting getting your saddle uh, tight, which I know from experience from from child out horse that did that um, that saddle could just slide right over. So my friend and I, my favorite memory of that is my friend Janelle and I were riding <laughs> riding together on the horse, um, and that we didn't get the saddle tight, and we both went over. So it was one of these slow motion things, like I. <laughs> My husband had never ridden a horse before um, Before I got Katniss, and he said, I want one, too. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I thought this was going to be my activity while he's off training for triathlons. But, no, he wanted a horse. And not that he's a, it has male, um, female issues, but he said, my horse has to be bigger than yours. Oh, my God. Getting a big horse, he got an even bigger horse. And he, was, he treats this horse like his giant teddy bear. And so he hates to tighten the cinch. And I kept telling him, honey, you're going to be so sorry. You're going to be so sorry. Hi, that's a long way to fall. Exactly. And he's like, I'm going to hurt him. Oh, my God. We're not going to hurt him. So one day uh, we're riding along, and after I've been begging him to tighten the cinch, and the um, uh, horses um, double back or, or totally roll back because something loud happens in front of us, and that saddle goes right off, and my husband hits the ground, which even from sideways when your horse is 17 hands is a long way. Ah. He tightens the crap out of that cinch. <laughs> times before he gets on he's like suck it up feather suck it up <laughs> feather this horse feathers is his name he's got the big horse feathers you know oh, okay all right you know well, you know what makes light as a feather it's like a 17 that is just so funny i love it so um you have, a, you have a picture to show us of, of your horse so this is katniss my, oh, do you want to try the other way let's try let's that other do, thing let's do the share screen thing yeah let's okay. try it we're being all techno savvy today. Well, you know what? I hope I didn't accidentally close that sucker. If you did, that's okay. Give me half a second to be somewhat okay. smart here. And I will just talk about something else while Pam is doing that. So um, 
I would like to know in the comments and I'll ask you later, or maybe Pam would be kind enough to swing by and answer some later as well. You know, if you ride horses and if um, what your favorite horse books are, I have this memory of uh, <laughs> reading a horse book and I'm gonna, this is a spoiler alert, but it's an old book, so it's probably okay. So I was reading this book. Oh gosh, I was just gonna tell you what it's called. Now I can't remember. Um, um, um. Anyway, it was about a horse, it was a race horse. Sixth grade, you're supposed to be cool. You're not supposed to cry in class, all that stuff. And it was quiet reading time in class. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm reading this book. And towards the end, it's like, oh my God, after this whole book about this horse, four kids, no less, he broke his leg on the racetrack and they shot him. That's bad. It, I, I was bawling in the middle of sixth grade, just tears pouring and saw, yeah, it was done. It was it's totally where the red fern grows and old yeller and all these other kids books where they just, I guess, I'm trying to teach you that life is tough. I guess, I guess it was a terrible thing. Okay. So I think we have a picture here. Maybe it's a picture. Yeah, we have a it cat. Looks, it looks blank here. Oh, there we go. There it is. So that's my Katniss looking Aww. all early. And if you can see on my hip there, I'm carrying my Judge Taurus. We're up in the Bighorn Mountains, and there had been a mountain lion outside our camp. And so we were headed up um, to trail ride. And I said, you know, today's feeling like a um, be armed and ready kind of day. I don't always carry a, a cannon on my hip, but she's a, she's a darling. Oh, my gosh. So, okay, so now I have to ask you that question. So there's a mountain lion, and, yeah. and you carry when you need to. So I'm going um, to come back here. Yeah. Have you ever, in the course of where you live, actually had to defend yourself? And I've had to shoot to scare things away. But I have never, never had, I've never wanted to, um, nor have I shot at a predator. It's always been enough to either have my dogs with me or just fire something in the air that says, I'm here, go away. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. It's sheerly last resort, and you're better off with your bear spray or, you know, even with a mountain lion, <laughs> they sneak up on you. And I've never been you know, all the way snuck up on by a mountain lion. I don't know. I'm sure they followed me before because we have them all over the place near Snowersville. But they tell you to carry a knife for, you know, to get it over your shoulder if it launches on your back. But uh, I carry one, but I'm telling you that that if it, it launches on my back, I, I, it's over. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, cat launch. I, oh, oh, my God. I know, right? Because I, I'm thinking about you think about a nice kitty cat <laughs> if you've ever been called by your cat because it was scared or, you know, angry. I had one that used to attack people. Um, and then you let, you put how many thousands of, well, how, not thousands of pounds, but how many pounds? Well, maybe 200 pounds and it's all muscle and leaping muscle. ability and Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know we both did that at the same time. I saw one outside my window where we live one morning and it was, you know, I, I woke up and it was one of those, I'm half awake. I'm walking past the slider on my way to the morning bathroom and it's just dawn out there. And it's one of those, I walk by the window and I stop. <laughs> and I go, wait, what? And I just like <laughs> look out the window. He's just sitting there like a house cat, just looking at me. And I'm like, wow, well, you're really pretty, but you probably shouldn't be there. And then, you know, it all goes through my head. I should go get the shotgun and I should just like 
scare him. I should fire a shot to scare this guy away. But I go, oh, he's so gorgeous. I've never seen one so close. So I call the Viking. He's still sleeping. I'm like, hey, wake up. Come here. (laughs) So he comes out and we're both standing there staring at the cat and the cat's staring back at us. And then the dog comes over. We have this like, let me at him. Oh, no. <laughs> and we have this big ass uh, Ridgeback who's, you know, they're bred for lion hunting. And really hunters. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's totally whipped by my cat, by the way. Oh, that's hilarious. It is. It's hilarious. So he sits there and he's, we're all three of us looking at the cat out the window and it's looking back at us. And, you know, the Vikings having thoughts of we should really shoot something and scare this away but it's so pretty i swear that cat just mesmerized us so we're just you know he finally just kind of got up and stretched and sauntered off in a cat-like way i think they're awesome we keep a big framed picture of two outside our dining room window in the snow in our house because it's like you know it's so gorgeous. It happens so infrequently. They're so majestic. I want them there. And at the same time, I'd like them to be well-fed. <laughs> really well-fed and not close to my house. I've like, out ever since then. It's something that I, it's like, eh, I'm not so sure. Um, so now we're going to switch gears a little bit. <laughs> um, I know what order I want to do this in, but then we have a special request, so I won't do that. So let's talk about the book. Okay. And- what, what I'm really curious about, this always amazes me, is the changes that books tend to go through from first draft to final. And I know for me, very often, there's absolutely no resemblance to, <laughs> to the first draft and the final. So I have asked Pamela if she would share with you the first, um, you can do first couple paragraphs, first page, whatever works for you, of her um, first draft of the new book and then the final current version which serves you know to also let you know what you're getting in for with this book which is a really really on the edge of your seat thriller with horses and a family and anyway so well yeah. well and i'm going to do it for switchback which is the patrick flint book it came out november 15th it's kicking ass right now i'm so excited and it's um awesome do you have a cover i posted one on the page but i yeah, and by the way, for those of you guys on a podcast, I'm sorry you can't see the pictures because oh. the pictures rock, but I'm really excited about the covers. Um, yeah, and if you're on a podcast, I will link you to um, Pamela's page if you just check in the... Here's the one that's coming out today. Snake Oil is number two, but we're going to stick with Switchback because I want you guys to start there because it's such a fast book. Okay, so I'm going to read with the caveat being that I knew where I was going with this book because briefly, let me tell you that these books came about on accident. I was in the middle of writing three other books. I was having a little bit of a problem. (laughs) And, um, and I wasn't passionate yet about anything. And then my dad was diagnosed with metastatic prostate cancer, which originally was a really short prognosis. Spoiler alert. He's doing great. But when, when I started this book, I could think of nothing but my my dad and memories of our family. So I wanted to go back to when I was a kid in Wyoming and pick up those memories and my larger than life yet all too human dad and our and our and really do a multi uh, point of view very fast book, uh, very outdoorsy. So I knew 
where I was going. It's not as rough as my original first pages. So this is, oops, I accidentally opened my uh, first draft of the third Patrick Flint book. I'm reading that to you. <laughs> I was going to say, we get to read that. So is Patrick based on you on your dad a little bit then? Is that what oh, you're Oh, he is completely my father. I've had oh. people that have talked about how much they love the characters. And I love that because they are my family. It's my dad, my mom, my brother, and me. Oh. And it's just taking our real personality the good and the bad, and I try well, to. You're a bratty teenager. Oh, then. I'm bratty, and I was. I may be being too easy on myself. Um, my mom, when my dad, when he read the book, said, "Pamela, I don't think you were that bad." And my mother just rolled her eyes. <laughs> you didn't know, little girl, right? <laughs> so here's the original first page of Switchback. If there's one thing he'd learned working the emergency room at the Parkland Memorial Hospital in Dallas as a med student, it's that nothing good happens after midnight. Whoops, I'm reading from the final, but it's okay. The, the um, uh, <laughs> first page is the same. There we go. If there's one thing Peter learned working the emergency room at Dallas Parkland as a med student, it's that nothing good happens after midnight. Maybe in the sleepy town of Buffalo, Wyoming, he didn't get the prostitutes with fractured jaws, overdosing teenagers, gangbangers with lead between the eyes, or sex adventurers reluctant to explain the gerbils stuffed in their posteriors. But still, when the phone rang at 2 a.m., Peter knew it would be bad. He rolled over and jostled his wife, who was unseasonably buried under layers of blankets that he'd kicked off himself in the night. Susie, I've got to go in. Be careful. Her mumble was on autopilot, the same words she always said, and he was certain she didn't break out of REM sleep. Susie, Susie, huh? She jerked to a sit, wide-eyed, wild-haired, and suspicious in the meager moonlight streaming in the window. It's okay. I have to go into the hospital. Can you make sure everyone is finished packing if I'm late getting back? She slumped back onto her pillow. Sure. Thanks. He dressed in the near dark in the clothes he'd left out the night before, just in case. He was the doc on call. Before he left, he pressed his lips to Susie's temple. A contented, hmm, sound interrupted her soft snores. Then he walked quickly to his car. He shut the door of his Porsche 914 as quietly as he could. He was just outside his teen daughter Pamela's window. Lord save him from cranky teenagers. It would be bad enough when he roused his family at the crack of nine to herd them into the truck and up the mountain. Last night, he parked facing downhill and set his emergency brake. He released it and let the sports car gather speed until he was nearly to the bottom of the driveway. He popped the clutch and the Porsche roared to life. So that was draft one. Okay, and I'm going to right now, I'm going to say I hate you. <laughs> For this moment, it's just, it's clean, it's together. It's like, if only my I first know. draft. And like honestly, when you asked me to do it, I pulled from my, I saved to email every day. And I picked the first day and I picked the book attached to that email. And it was like 10 pages long and that was it. But I knew where I was going. My really yeah. shit, I've got to tell you. But this one, I knew the story I wanted to tell, and um, and I wrote it. I wrote it pretty clean. So this is yeah. not a good test. But notice that I used my own name for my character. And the the, the um, your main character's name changed too. Right. So I originally wrote it with our real names to help me stay in character and help oh, wow. remember what it was that made us lovable and hateable at that time. And so, as always, when I go into a, a second or final or, a, you know, maybe 1100th, but a final draft, I'm generally working on characterization, you know, trying to drop in things that I was moving too fast to do before description, the five uh, senses, um, 
making, you know, I've, I've already looked to make sure that my plot's there and my dialogue's there and stuff like that. But that's what I think most noticeable of this last draft. Okay. All right. Let's have a listen. Okay. And by the way, this is set in 1976 in September, September 18th, and the scene is set at 2 a.m. If there's one thing he'd learned working the emergency room at the Parkland Memorial Hospital in Dallas as a med student, it's that nothing good happens after midnight. Maybe in the sleepy town of Buffalo, Wyoming, he didn't get the prostitutes with fractured jaws, overdosed teenagers, gangbangers with lead between the eyes, or sex adventurers reluctant to explain the gerbils stuffed in their posteriors. But still, when the phone rang at two in the morning, Patrick knew it would be bad. He rolled over and jostled his wife, who was unseasonably buried under layers of blankets that he'd kicked off himself in the night. Suzanne, I've got to go in. So we're from Susie, we're to Suzanne. Be careful. Her mumble was on autopilot, the same words she always said, and he was certain she didn't break out of REM sleep. Suzanne, Suzanne, what is it? She jerked to a sitting position, looking wide-eyed, wild-haired, and suspicious in the meager moonlight streaming in the window, but still so damn beautiful. His heart did a somersault, the same woman he'd been in love with since he was a 15-year-old honor student at A&M Consolidated High School in College Station, Texas. He touched her cheek. Everything's okay. I have to go into the hospital. Can you make sure everyone finishes packing in case I'm late getting back? She slumped back out into her pillow. Sure. Thanks. He dressed in the near dark in the clothes he'd left out the night before. He was the doc on call, after all. Before he left, he pressed his lips to Suzanne's temple. A contented hmm sound interrupted her soft snores. Then he walked quickly from the upper level main living area to the lower level, which was built into the side of the hill and mostly a basement, and out the front door to his parked car on the circle drive. With no garage, it was the same truck he made year round. He moved stealthily, using the Indian fox walking techniques he'd learned as a child in Boy Scouts. Crouch low with the hands on the knees, raise the foot high, set the outside of the foot down, roll to the inside and put the heel down, toe down and weight down. Repeat. If someone were to see him, he'd feel silly doing it, but he was alone and it was good practice for his upcoming hunting trip. He was just passing his daughter Trisha's room and he sure didn't want to wake her. Lord, save me from moody teenagers. Perry wasn't as bad at only 12, but his day would come. It would be bad enough when Patrick rousted his family at the crack of nine to herd them into the truck and up the mountain. So. There actually, you wove in romance. There's foreshadowing. There's a whole lot more personality. There, there's actually quite a lot that happened there between the first draft and the final. I don't know if you're like me, but when I'm writing the first draft, you, you know where you're going. You know the story you want to tell, maybe a little. But your characters are going to tell more of it to you as you go along. And as they fill in the blanks, it's where the good stuff comes in. And you have to go back. And if you're writing a mystery, you've got to be planting clues in the first chapter. If you're writing something romantic, you've got to plant the romance. If it's a family drama, you've got to write the family. And since I am really cross-genre, I go in and shovel a lot of shit into the first page, you know, just as heavy as I can go. Um, and, um, and so that was the main difference with that. But my right. competitor does love me. I'm pretty clean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. And that's beautifully done. That's uh, And I would love to ask you about your copy editor, but we we're running out of time. So I have one more fun thing. Okay. Um, what are the Pulpwood Queens? Oh, my God. The Pulpwood Queens is an is a group started by Kathy Murphy, and it's an organization of 750 affiliated book clubs. So 
uh, I was telling Carrie earlier that this weekend I'm going to the Pulp Wind Queens um, Girlfriend Weekend, which is their book club convention. They invite the authors that are on their list of um, books for the upcoming year. And we all congregate in Jefferson, Texas. And my book is Livewire. It's the fr- my fr- it's also a Wyoming mystery, but it's uh, contemporarily set, whereas my Patrick Flint's in 1976. Maggie and Livewire, Sick Puppy and Dead Pile are set um, in Wyoming in the current day and present day. And um, it, it, this convention is crazy. Everybody dresses in uh, animal print and tiaras the whole time. And they're having let's see it. a Dolly Parton look like contest. Okay. Well, I don't know how this is going to look. You gotta remember, this is the cowgirl. <laughs> let's see if I can do this. And so I have. How is it? I've got my dolly wig and um, yeah, I'm feeling it. And then to go with it, I think I could do this color. Don't you? I do. (laughs) How do you, how do I look? You look fantastic. I think you look absolutely stunning. And since you were going to wear a hat today, I looked around for what hat I could also wear to join in the fun. And um, this is what I happen to have available. That's nice. That's nice. I'm more selling the Bob and Doug McKenzie look. You really, you really are. But you know, one of the nights at Pulpwood Queens, the authors are the wait staff for a dinner for the readers. And our theme this year is Lumberjack. Your hat would totally work with my Lumberjack costume. I should be there. I have Dolly Parton. I have Lumberjack. I have Animal Print Woman. I mean, I've got the tiara. I'm an introvert hell. I mean, <laughs> I can imagine. I, part of me thinks this sounds like so much fun. And the yeah. other part of it is like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> introvert hell, right? Check back with me next week. <laughs> so um, before I let you go, and thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Um, <laughs> Pamela, where can people find you? They can find me at Amazon.com on my uh, author page, Pamela Fagan Hutchins, um, just by typing that in the search bar, or my website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com. Okay, and I will make sure and put that link in uh, somewhere where I post this. If you're listening today, I'm really sorry that you are missing on the hats and the dolly wig because, like, seriously, you are missing. But you can pop over on Facebook to, um, I'm sure Pamela will probably share this on her page as well, and you can find the podcast page at Facebook backslash Tell Me Your Secrets podcast. Tell Me Your Secrets podcast. That's what it is. It's brand new. So, you know, I'm still remembering. Pop in there and watch the live. Maybe uh, you can just skim to the end and see the pictures of us in our lovely hats. I'm and, definitely doing a screenshot of this. <laughs> we should. You know, hang on a second. I can do that. I know how. I'm doing it right now. Hold, you too. Will it work? Yeah, hold on. There. <laughs> I got it. All right. Well, I wish you the best of luck today and uh, have fun with everything you are doing. Um, Enjoy the the Dolly Parton. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little itchy. (laughs) 
I bet. I bet it is. <laughs> and guys, you do want to read this book. If you do like mystery, thriller, adventures, um, and the kids, I just have to mention real quick, the kids in this book are very brave, very strong, very uh, competent characters, which I love because I love books with kids like that. And it was a great read. It kept me on the edge of my seat. And um, check in next week for another edition of tell me your secrets i um i might have a guest i forgot to tell her that i switched up my podcast (laughs) i could surprise her or (laughs) or i could let her know so i'm not gonna tell you who it is in case she decides to bail but it's somebody really fun (laughs) everybody would be fun with you carrie thanks for having me on and good luck with the show i think it's It's gonna be it's gonna be a blast take care bye Thanks for hanging out with me today on Tell Me Your Secrets. If you enjoyed yourself, please do follow the show so you do not miss any upcoming episodes. And join me next week with guest Peggy Lampman. She is an author of women's fiction and we'll be talking about her new book, Ruby of the Sea. She's also a foodie with some stories to share and also has promised to share a song with us that she wrote during her not so successful country and western songwriting career. Pretty sure you're not going to want to miss it. I'm your host, Carrie Schaefer.